In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, God knows we're broke, man. He gets it. That's what the cross is all about. That's why Jesus shed his blood. God's not looking for people who are trying to act like they've got it all together or pretend like they're perfect. He's looking for real people who want to have a real relationship with him. With every single Pastor Brad Rocks episode, I'll have a featured track that will go right along with our point in the episode. Today, we're talking about having a real relationship with our real God. And so the perfect track is the title track for my 2003 EP called Get Real. It's all coming up, man. You ready? Let's do it. Hey man, it's Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. God is real, and he's not looking for people to be religious or fake or to pretend like they've got it all together. God is looking for people to get real with him. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the most basic and fundamental truths about God is that he is. He exists. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 is a passage where Moses is, is before God and, and God has called him to go be the deliverer, to go to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Moses is like, well, who do I say sent me? And here's the answer. Okay, Exodus 3 verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the people. I am has sent you. God is. God is the essence of reality. We, we wouldn't know what real is if it weren't for God. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus holds creation together. The very atoms of the, of the universe are held together in Jesus. It's like he is the essence of what is real. Uh, we wouldn't know what truth was if it wasn't for Jesus. Truth, if you look it up in the dictionary, will, will be defined something like that which corresponds to what is real. Uh, that is why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. <laughs> okay, that's pretty foundational, right? you got to believe that he is, that he, he exists, that he is real, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that. He, it doesn't say that, that he's looking for people who are perfect, who have it all together, because we all know that if that's what God was waiting on, He'd never find it because none of us have it all together. But he's looking for people who seek him earnestly from the heart. God is real. And he's seeking people who want to have a real relationship with him. He's not looking for people who want to come join a religion or keep a bunch of rules or philosophers who want to talk about all the academic abstract 
deep truths of theology. I mean, some of that is kind of fun to talk about sometimes. But the bottom line is God wants people who want to know Him. And we've got to get real with God if we want to know Him. God's so straight up about this. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Apostle Paul wrote, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you don't know what the word sin means, it just means we've, we've missed the mark. We fall short of His glorious standard. God is the standard of righteousness, and His righteousness is perfection. And all of us fall short of that. We all get that. So the first step in having a relationship with God is being honest about the fact that we have fallen short. A lot of people like to say, well, I'm a good person. And that's that. I'm sure you are a good person. Listen, Max Licato, a great Christian author, he, he told a really cool story in a book that he wrote years ago called Grace. He said, let's imagine that in our little scenario world here, being good was measured in how high you could jump, okay? Uh, or your righteousness was measured by how high you could jump. Okay, so I'm standing here, and I'm standing beside Michael Jordan. Now, if, if, if you're close to my age, you know who Michael Jordan was. He was an awesome basketball player, uh, played for the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, won six world championships, just an amazing guy, um, athlete. He'd be kind of compared to LeBron James of today. I heard at one point that Michael Jordan had a 43-inch vertical. Okay, that's ridiculous. I got about a 4.3-inch vertical, okay? So, so in our little scenario, he would be seen as much better, as more righteous than not me by a long shot. But then Max Licato said, but, but here's, the, here's the kicker. The part that I hadn't told you yet is that the standard of righteousness isn't 43 inches or 12 inches. It's the moon, okay? You got to be able to jump to the moon to be able to be deemed righteous and good enough to live up to God's standard, okay? It's just an analogy, obviously, but that's the deal. There are people that might be better than us at being good on their own, but the standard isn't our, you know, we don't compare ourselves to each other. The standard is perfection. It is God. It is perfect righteousness. And so all of us just have to confess that compared to Him, we've all fallen short. So what God is looking for is not people who are trying to pretend like they've got it all together, but people who can admit that they need Him and that they need grace and they need forgiveness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you've heard of that. It's a teaching that Jesus gave in the first gospel in the New Testament called Matthew. Chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. And he opens the sermon by saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That, that phrase means blessed are those who get it, who will confess, who will be open and honest about the fact that they're broken, that they've fallen short of God's perfect standard. We know that. And that He's perfect. So we're poor in spirit. Also wrapped up in the meaning of poor in spirit is a humility, a willingness to come to God and, and confess that and, 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 and confess a need for Him and a desire to want to know Him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I love that phrase, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, because what it tells us is that we're not waiting till we die to enter into relationship with God and to begin to walk with Him. When we, when we surrender our life to Jesus, as Lord and Savior, we put our faith in Him, we begin to follow Him as a disciple, that we step out of death and into life right there before we ever transition from this life into the next one, okay? The kingdom of heaven is wherever God's will is done and where people are walking in relationship with Him as King. And so, so we, we enter into this relationship with God and we begin to walk the kingdom life right here, doing God's will. Your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven, right? We're bringing your ways from up there down here. We're doing deeds that glorify God. We're witnesses for Him of His good ways. So we're already engaged in the kingdom of heaven. Romans chapter 3, verse 22. This is from the New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 
And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So see, it doesn't matter if you got a 43-inch vertical of goodness or a 4.3-inch vertical. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. When you turn to Christ and you put your faith in Him, you're made right with Him. Now, let me explain that word faith, okay? The word faith is really misunderstood and misused in our culture. We talk about, you got to have faith, man, you know? And we don't really explain what it means. In the Bible, faith is belief in action. James, in his epistle, uh, James, by, by the way, was the half-brother of Jesus. He was a great leader in the church, in the early church, in the, in the book of Acts. You read about James. And he wrote a, a letter that ended up in the New Testament. And in chapter 2 of it, he, he says over and over again, faith without works is dead. Okay, you can say you have faith all day, but if you're not living a life for Jesus, then it's just empty words, man. Faith is not just some abstract belief, some some academic thing we say we believe. Faith is putting our trust in action. And so when Paul says that we're made right with God by putting our faith in Jesus, we, we step into a relationship and we begin to demonstrate it. We begin to trust him with the decisions we make with our life. We begin to follow him as Lord. We step into the waters of baptism as Jesus talked about in the Great Commission, and we're buried with him in in that baptism and we profess openly that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he's our Lord and our Savior and we rise up to walk in a new life with him, man. And then every day we live by faith. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that the righteous will live by faith. That just means every decision we make, whether it's the words we speak, the, 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 the entertainment we take in, the way we interact with people, everything, we do it through the lens of faith and wanting to glorify God. The last verse I want us to consider here is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. We step into this relationship with Jesus through this poverty of spirit, this confession, this, this admitting that we need him. We're being real with him, right? We're not having any pretense. We're not pretending like we've got it all together. We're open and we're honest that we're broken, that he's God and that he's awesome and that we need him. And so we trust and we receive Jesus. And then listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. He says, so then... And he's writing to Christians who lived in this city called Colossae, and he's encouraging them. This is how we live the Christian life. He says, so then, just as you received Jesus, just as you received Christ, okay, how did you receive him? On your knees, in humility, or figuratively, on your knees. You know, in humility, surrendered to him, humble before him, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. And then he says this, continue to live in him. In other words, you never get off your knees, man. You never unbow your heart. You always keep that humble, real, surrendered attitude toward Christ every day. Matter of fact, the very best way to be a witness for Jesus, 1 Peter 3.15, begins by saying, set Christ apart as Lord. That's a daily act. You set Jesus in your heart apart as Lord. You recognize him as as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You reassume that posture of, of humility before him. And then you go throughout your day and then Peter says, with that attitude, you you are prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because when you walk with Jesus, man, you're going to demonstrate hope and joy. And I'm telling you, the world is looking for that. So listen, walking with God is not about religion. It's not about rule keeping. It's about relationship, man. It's about knowing him and loving him. Now, when you love God, of course you want to walk in his ways. Of course you want to grow in the knowledge of his word. Of course you want to surrender to to what he calls us to do and be and how we're called to live. But it's not because we're trying to earn anything. It's because we love him and we want to honor him. We just want to be real with him. And that's what today's song, Get Real, is all about.
the riff to get real is totally inspired by all of the dual guitar bands that i loved growing up uh, bands like iron maiden judas priest acdc even kiss to a degree where you'd have these two guitar players who would play very complementary parts and an intro that was uh it was just moving kind of stuff and and i mean the big example of that that comes to my mind here as i'm speaking is uh like thunderstruck where you just have one guitar player playing this really catchy uh repetitive melody and then the other parts of the band start to come in and it builds up to this crescendo and then bam you're into the song and uh get real is is not anywhere quite that level but it's it's got that and then the other guitar and you go through that descending chord progression and then the whole band comes in at the time that i wrote get real i was just looking at the world and i was so frustrated because i mean you look around and there's so much brokenness and god is just holding his hand out saying here i am Come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest, man. And and we just we 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 instead of coming to him and being real, being open, being honest as he's called us to, turning to him, we we blame other people, we rationalize, we come up with all these reasons why it's not our fault, blah blah blah. And 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 in the process, our world just keeps getting more messed up. Families just keep getting more uh, dysfunctional and broken, and kids. It just starts this perpetual cycle. And I was just so frustrated with it and so all of the lyrics in this song are just me just kind of crying out to the world saying get real man turn to god i recorded this song get real and and all of the songs on the get real project on rock you up and on out of the hellhole my first three projects in my office at the michiana community church of god in granger indiana 15 minutes down the road from notre dame um, i we i loved living that close to notre dame if you guys know me i'm a huge notre dame fan but uh, anyway, anyway, I would I would work you know during the 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 official office hours up till three o'clock, and then I would just kind of purposely shut down and take the ne- next couple of hours to turn my office into this studio and and do uh, recording. Uh, the gear was whatever I could string together. I had an old Cakewalk program uh, that only had eight tracks, and. Um, but man, I had a blast. I had a blast. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about production, but boy, I had a lot of passion and I loved the songs that I was writing. And, and I think that comes through. So here it is, man. I hope it totally rocks you up for Jesus. Get real.
All right. Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things that helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.